Hello there, we are your host Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspectives to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, facilitation, business analysis, and product management roles. Enjoy. Don't panic. You're probably here because somebody asked you to facilitate a retro in like 30 seconds and you didn't have any time to plan. Great. We got you. Don't panic. Relax. We've got everything you need to facilitate that retro and look like a rock star. So just give us whatever time you've got and we'll make it happen. So first things first, you are the facilitator for this meeting. That means you don't have to have all the answers. We've got the framework that you're going to need. All you need to do is show up and be prepared to guide these people through some activities so that they can solve their own problems. And wake up, wake up, pay attention, pay attention to what we're talking about. Yes. Wake up, be there, be present. Make sure they're not bored to tears and falling asleep. That's your job. But if you can do that, we got you. And we've got everything spelled out crystal clear for you to facilitate that retro and look amazing. All right. So we're going to use some tried and true stuff here. We're going to use... Uh, Esther Derby and Diana Larson's five stages to a retrospective. Very first stage, the number one thing they call out, set the stage. If you show up panicked, if you're freaking out, they're going to be freaked out. They're going to read your body language and they're going to think you're nervous, you're scared, or they should be nervous and scared. So take a deep breath, relax, watch in, walk in calm, cool, and collected. And then you're just going to thank them for coming. You're going to set the agenda. And then you're going to start creating that sense of psychological safety. That's important. These people need to feel safe to share their ideas and and fix anything that happened to go wrong. So we've got a script for you. Just read it. Thank you for coming. I I appreciate you all taking the time to be here. We'll be here for about an hour. And our goal is to find ways we can all help the team to improve. That's it. You read that and you're good. You've set the stage. You've determined the agenda. You've called out how much time you have. And you're creating that sense of safety. Next thing you want to do is you want to do a check-in. You want to get people, their minds right. You want to get them present. So the, the check-in we've got in here for you, I'd like to start our, with a check-in. What are one or two things you personally need to set aside to be present for this retro? Short, sweet, doesn't give them too much talking time, and they can jump in. As always, if you don't like that check-in, pick another one. doesn't matter what it is. Make sure it's brief. Make sure it preferably only uses a couple of words but whatever check-in you're comfortable with. But the point here is set the stage, um, thank them for coming, and start creating those senses of psychological safety. Yeah, Joe, and I can give you one more check-in example that I worked uh, really well in this retrospective, but the weather check-in. So this is a check-in where you ask everybody to kind of talk about how their day is going or how, how they're feeling in the words of a weatherman. So let's say if you have just passed through a storm uh, just let us know and use different language as if, you know, you know, I've just gone through a storm, uh, a slight earthquake, but hey, it's, it's getting better. And you know, that way, you know how people are feeling whenever they're coming to the retrospective. Um, we're going to put that as a link here uh, in this video as well. So there are multiple different ways to create that psychological safety. And you know, these two check-in ideas are a great way just to kind of assure that, hey, as a facilitator, we actually care about y- your safety. And we're not here to like blame anybody, not to talk about all the negative things happened and to point fingers, but we're here to just uh, come together as a team and really reflect on what happened this last iteration of the sprint. 
Each one of the stages here is time boxed. So for example, this one's set to five minutes. The idea is that's not hard and fast. There's padding built into this count or into the schedule, but hey, keep an eye on it. It helps keep you on pace. Um, if you start going too far over on one of these things, in the end, you're going to end up with skipping something or rushing something, and you don't want to do that. Try to keep people on pace and uh, on schedule for this. Yeah, Joe, For if I were to do this, I would give myself five to 10 minutes, maybe on the 10 minute side, especially if I'm going to do that weather check-in because it'll probably take a total of 10 minutes to do that check-in and everybody's present. So uh, right size, sometimes retros are one hour. This is a format we're showing you how to do a retro in one hour. You might do an hour and a half, two hours retro as well. Yeah, and keep in mind the time for a retro shifts. So if this is a once an iteration by the way we're going to use the terms iteration sprint if you're running a kanban team whatever that time box is it doesn't matter we'll just call it all of those terms for us will be um interchangeable but the longer that time is the more time you'll need so if you have a one month sprint or if you're a kanban team and or you're doing this at the end of your release and it's a three month release that time goes up you don't keep it to one hour just because you're the three months so yeah. three months, you might have four hours. So just keep that in mind. You can scale this up. Uh, this particular uh, script might not work with a four-hour retro. Maybe we'll do another video if we're going to do one for a four-hour retro. But that would require some different planning. The next step isn't really a step in the five stages, but revisit the working agreement. So when you revisit the working agreement, you're going to put it to the audience. You're going to say, hey, let's revisit our working agreement. Or... If they don't have one, this is your chance to make one. Uh, retrospectives are contentious things. People can get heated. Uh, people can get upset. We want to make sure that people feel safe. And a working agreement is one of those ways to do it. And if they have a working agreement, great. All you have to say is, let's take a quick look at the working agreement. Do we need to make any updates or amendments? And if everybody's good, they give you a thumbs up, you move on. If they don't have a working agreement, this is your time to make one. It's, you know what? I think we should all agree on what we expect from each other. Really just how we're going to treat each other and how we're going to do things when we work together. Let's take a couple of minutes to brainstorm what we want and then discuss each one. We'll vote on them as they come up to make sure we agree. That's it. You don't want this to be too huge. You don't want like 50 items. At most, you want about 10 items. And you want things like, hey, we're going to respect each other. We won't talk over each other. Um, we want to make sure we hear from each other, we'll treat each other with respect, all of these things. But you want to make sure that you have a chance for people to talk about these things. Now, if you've got one, cool. If they don't, we put in 10 to 15 minutes. Again, if they have one, that's 10 to 15 minutes you're getting back in your calendar. You can use that, like Vivek was saying, to right-size some other stuff. So the next step, gathering the data. Now, look, if they have a bunch of data, great. Have them bring in the data and then look at the data and then you can skip to the next stages. If they don't have data, which if somebody just popped in, said, hey, real quick, facilitate this retro, they probably don't. You are going to need to gather that data. Now, there are a ton of activities that you can do this with. I'll be honest, this is one, uh, this is one of my favorites, but you can get these from a bunch of different places. There's this place called Retromat where you can go and you can literally customize and it will randomize and generate all of these stages for you in your retrospective. We've got a link to that in the show notes and we've got a link to that in the, the presentation. Joe, let me, let me add something on data. So what is data? Data are the 
cups that happen in the sprint. These are the shit hit the fan moments. These are, uh, you know, really aha moments that happen in the sprint. These are all the things that happened where you as a scrum master, you've been paying attention. And this is your opportunity to come facilitate a discussion where you can collect, okay, what happened? Yeah, and what bothered you or what, what are some impediments they came in? Uh, what are things that didn't go well? And as well as the, the good data, it's like what's something that we learned or what are some good things that happened? Uh, so that is what we mean by data. And like Joe said, you are facilitating this step to collect on you know what happened, right? And that's right. And they don't all have to be ups. I mean, sometimes they could be like, how many stories did we complete? Uh, what things didn't we complete? Um, yes. The, the ups do have their own special place in the retrospective. They should be there. You probably yes. want to have a special sign that has ups, and then make sure that you honor everything that goes on that sign. Yes. Because that's the way we learn, honestly. If you're not screwing up, you're not going fast enough. If you're going so slow that nobody messes up, nobody makes any mistakes, then that means you're being too cautious. Your team is so afraid to make a mistake that they would rather be 100% sure before they do something. And in today's business world, you can't do that. If you're going so slow that you can't afford to make mistakes, so you're going to be perfect, I guarantee there's a startup in Silicon Valley who doesn't care about making mistakes. And they're going to take your business model and then they're going to release an app that does it in, I don't know, like a weekend. And then you're just going to be out of business. So to gather data, here's one activity we're going to use. This is an updated version of Speedboat by Luke Homan. Uh, Luke has got a great book called Innovation Games. And the point of that book is that there are a bunch of games that you can play in companies to help you gather data to help deliver great products. This is called Retrospective Voyage. So the way this works is you've got four graphics. And either download this graphic and project it or trace it on the screen or draw your own version of it. It really doesn't matter. Uh, honestly, with this, the worse your drawing is, the better, because then the crowd can laugh at it, and then you can go right into uh, making them feel safe by screwing up right from the beginning. But the idea is, is that there are four big sections on this. You've got risks. So what are those things that are we're afraid of? What are those things that could happen that could harm our effort, our project, our team, or whatever? You want to list those there. Then you've got goals. Where, where are we headed? What are things that we'd like to achieve? You put that on the island there, the palm trees. Then you've got hindering. So down by the anchor, what are the things that are slowing us down? What are the things that are keeping us from being really and truly successful? These could be the, the fuck ups. These could be anything that's going wrong. And last, we've got help. So that's the clouds and the wind that's up at the top. What are the things that we could do that would help us, that would actually help our team deliver? And you want to give the team about three minutes and then have them brainstorm this. So the script, let's take a few minutes to gather our thoughts about the last iteration. I'd like everyone to take three minutes and place their thoughts from the last iteration on this image. Anything you see as risks would go on the reef. Anything slowing us down would go on the anchor. Goals we should aim for would go on the island. And finally, anything you can think of that would help the team would go in the wind section. Afterwards, we'll ask each person to read and explain their ideas. I'm going to pause for a minute. What questions are there before we get started? This is where they ask those questions. You answer those questions. And then you say, okay. I'll set a timer in one, two, three, go. And I'll give you a hint. They're going to say, what about this? What about that? Where should that go? <coughs> I'll be honest. doesn't matter. They'll be like, where should the donuts go? I don't know. That sounds like something that would help us put it in the wind section. 
well, I feel like donuts have trans fats and they're going to murder us all. Okay, then put them in the risks. Doesn't matter. Just have them put it on the damn board. Wherever they put it is just an opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're looking at this and you're all oh, like, I don't know, goals, how hindering risk, if this is too overwhelming, okay, can you remember these three words? Start, stop, continue. Just draw oh these three. No, 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 don't, 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 don't take them that. That's like saying, hey, you know what? If you're tired in the morning, a little bump of cocaine will wake you right up. I mean, that is the worst possible retrospective in, in the Scrum Master universe. It, it, it works, yes. But it works. It works. It's, a it's very simple. Yeah. And, and you know what I'm saying is like that, that you can use that very simplistic uh, version of your retrospective just to gather data. And you can, you can add more things to those three columns and make it more fun. Um, but yes, follow this. This is a little bit more... Um, fun it's a little bit more different and and start stop continue that's like more of the foundational at least know that th- you're gathering those three pieces of data when you say okay what should we start doing what should we stop and what should we continue i'll but, be honest that was almost yeah. the retro that i was going to have them do but it it hurt my soul to think of all of these scrum masters going out there and continuing that retrospective because I hate week so after much. week after week or you know every other week to do the same thing. Yeah, it can be pretty boring. And and yeah, I mean, if you're getting this facilitation guide, why not use this? Why not spend maybe another half an hour learn this? You you are a scrum master facilitator, right? So uh, highly recommend you learn this. But in case you get lazy and <laughs> you want to just go the basic route. There you go. Uh, you can do that too. And but pay attention to the next three steps. And it is a really, it is very popular retrospective tool. And in fact, so many people use it that people think that's what a retrospective is. So you need to know what it is, uh, and use it every once in a while. Throw it in the rotation, especially for quick uh, retrospectives where you don't have time to do something fancy. Get that out there because some kind of a retrospective is better than none. So if the group is like. Oh, we only have a half hour. We can't do a full hour retrospective. Bam. Pull that one out. Next stage, generate insights. All right. So everything up until now has been pretty straightforward. You're talking about your feelings. You're getting uh, comfortable with with each other. You're brainstorming. You know what? All of those things are fairly risk-free. And you want them to be risk-free. There are no wrong ideas up till now. Maybe even after now. We'll have to, I don't know. We'll figure out what to say there. But the point is, so far, there have been no wrong ideas. Everybody can speak their mind. Everybody can chime in. Everybody's brainstorming. Now, we're going to go from just having data to gathering insights. So um, there's a difference between data and wisdom. Data is just information. Wisdom are the insights that you gather from that data. And that's what we're looking at right now. So Everybody's going to look at these things that they've gathered. And so far, it's just a bunch of ideas on a board. First thing you're going to do is you're going to group like ideas. So if two, two ideas sound similar, go ahead and just put them on top of each other. And you can discuss them at the same time. Once you've got everything grouped, um, you're going to vote on which items you'd like to address. So easiest way to do this would be with dot voting. So what you're going to do is you're going to give every person two dots. And you're going to say, okay, now let's narrow our focus. Each person has two votes. Distribute them however you like, but the item with items with the most votes are the ones we'll discuss first, and we'll keep going until we run out of time. And that's it. Three, two, one, go, and give them about one minute to vote. The idea is they'll put their votes wherever they are, and whatever has the most votes is the first thing you'll talk about. 
Now, this part is where it gets tricky because they probably have something there. They're like, you know what? Um, we need to fix the deployment process or we need to do this, but that could be a Band-Aid. So if somebody comes to you and they're like, you know what? We need to do extra code reviews because our code is crap. That's not necessarily the solution. That's a solution. So the first thing you're going to do is some root cause analysis. This is where we actually get to generating insights. So I'm going to teach you a basic approach to root cause analysis, which is the five whys. So for each item, you're going to ask a simple question. You're going to say, what caused the problem we're trying to solve in the first place? So if somebody says, our code is crap, the first question you're Why? going to ask, yeah. Let's play it caused, out. Why? Yeah. What caused the code to be crap? And somebody could say any number of things. So first things first, they're probably not going to blame themselves. They're going to say, well, I didn't have time to write good code. And you're going to say, what caused that? So what caused me to not have enough time to write good code? And then they might say, well, we overcommitted. We took in too many stories in the sprint. I'll say, okay, what caused that problem? What caused us to overcommit and take in too many stories for the sprint? And you'll say, well, the product owner was really pushing us hard to make sure that we committed to all of these stories in the sprint. Okay, what caused the product owner to push us really hard to make sure that we committed to that many stories in the sprint? I think I'm at four. And then say, okay, cool. Well, the product owner was pushed really hard to commit to that many stories because our release is right around the corner and we don't have enough work done or we don't have enough features completed. Okay, now you're at the fifth one. You're like, you're at a point where we don't have enough features completed for the next release. Like, okay, now that's an interesting problem to solve. Why don't we have enough features completed to uh, for the next release? Could be any number of things. Maybe we don't have enough people. Maybe we overcommitted. Maybe we were too optimistic. Maybe we made commitments to the street that we couldn't deliver on. Maybe we didn't work in priority order. Maybe we gold-plated and we built some stuff that we shouldn't have because we were worried that it had to handle 10 million users on the first day. There are yeah. any number of things that can talk about this. But yeah. if you only started with, you know what, we're going to add in extra code reviews, you're not solving the real problem. And by the way, you can keep going with five. Yeah. It doesn't have to be five. Sometimes people go to six. Sometimes yeah. people go to 10. I want to add something here, Joe. Like you, you, you did a great job in terms of articulating that. You, you, you said, so this is the exercise is called five whys and your goal is to generate insight. But remember how Joe said what caused instead of why? Um, that's because, Joe, we have had this conversation. Whenever you say why, people get defensive and people don't open up. But what, what cause is a much more open-ended question. So what, as a scrum master, what you're doing is you're not coming with the answer. You're just generating the environment where you're actually getting people to talk. When, when you ask these open-minded questions, ideas come to the front and you go deeper and you kind of get to the root cause of the problem. And then as a scrum master, you're still, what you're doing is you're visualizing this. Hey, this is what we came with. This is the insights that we generate. You're still uh, mostly a neutral facilitator. You might, um, you might put in some teaching hat, some mentoring hat, but mostly you're doing facilitating. Um, so just wanted to kind of, 
kind of uh, add to like what Joe said is you are you are facilitating uh, where team members are coming together and they're uh, they're developing and generating insights. Right, and remember, your job isn't to have the answer. Your job as a facilitator is to help them process through the framework. It's to help work them through the process so that they can solve these problems on their own. So part of the reason why we do root cause analysis here is because it helps the team later on. Later on, when they're running into problems you know, at their desk or when they're just working, they could solve that problem or they could say, what caused this problem in the first place? Like if somebody's complaining about a deployment process and they say, man, this deployment process is really hard. You could say, well, what caused this deployment process to be really hard? And then you could start looking into it and maybe that a lack of automation or mm -hmm. any number of things. Maybe you don't have enough environments to test this and automate it. Who knows? But you want to look at those things and solve the underlying problem, not just slap a Band-Aid on something and move on. And Joe, last thing to, I'll, I'll give this as a reminder and a tip to Scrum Master is like, pay attention to your job. Like it's so easy for you to kind of get lost in the solutioning and, and it's easier said than to be done. Like if, when I was in Scrum Master, like trust me, when, when team members bring these things, like I get involved, but in the, you know, this is the part where you use emotional intelligence and to say, okay, well, you know, my job here is to facilitate uh, this inside generation session. Uh, my job is not to like provide the answer, just like Joe said. So pay attention and take ownership of what your role is. Exactly. And then once they come up with a problem, you don't want to just say, okay, cool, solve this problem. You want to frame it as an experiment. So, so maybe, um, you know, one of the solutions that you came up with to the, to the our code is crap problem is pairing. Okay, cool. So, you know, so come up with an experiment. Like we think if we spent two hours a day pair programming, our defects would go down by 25%. Or if we spent two hours a day pair programming, our code quality would go up by 50%. Obviously, you have to have some way to measure that. You can't just say our code quality will go up and have no way to solve it. But the idea here is that this should be something that you can quantify. It's an experiment. If we do this, if we do X, Y will happen. And you need to be able to measure Y. Immediately, one thing comes to my mind is some of the folks who are watching this like, okay, I don't know how to set experiments. I'm just trying to survive as a scrum master. Here's a trick. This is where you can ask, okay, well, these are great insights and these are great things. Um, this is something very important to us because we all voted. We all brought these things up. What kind of experiments can we set up so that we can learn on how to move the needle in this issue? How can we make progress? So Again, you can always go back, take that facilitation uh, stance and ask, bring that back to the team. Those are magic words, especially as an agile team facilitator, a scrum master, always start thinking about how can I take things back to the team? Because the job of an, of an agile team facilitator, a scrum master, isn't to solve the problems. It's to create a team who can solve the problems themselves. You're constantly trying to work yourself out of a job. You want that team to be so talented so gifted that they solve the problems on their own. And eventually you have nothing to do but go out and solve, help another team get to that same stage. Joe, one, one last thing I want to add here in this stage is I'm actually uh, rereading Lisa Atkins, uh, Coaching Agile Teams book. And she's literally like virtually slapping me because I'm... <laughs> I'm remembering these things where I actually interject the team because I, you know, I am a delivery right now. I am a, a scrum master. I'm playing that role, but I'm also their agile coach and I'm also kind of handling some of the delivery stuff. So 
<laughs> Lisa is just slapping me virtually through the words on what I'm doing wrong. So, uh, yes, oh, pay attention. She, she wouldn't slap you. She'd just cuss at you. Yes. She'd be like, oh, Vivek, that's a fucking stupid idea. Don't do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay. Well, generating insight. Um, so just to kind of summarize this section, uh, you do the five whys uh, exercise. Uh, there's a number of other ways to generate insights. Um, and yeah. once you have these insights, um, Joe, uh, yeah, you, you have a point. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And by the way, that's just a, an approach to root cause analysis. Again, make this your own. If you have a different approach that you like for root cause analysis, do those. If we've got Lean Six Sigma folks out there, if we've got people who like Ishikawa diagrams, if we've got all sorts of stuff, Fishbone diagram. Yeah, yes. fishbone. Use any one of those things. The whole point is do a root cause analysis, and this is an easy one to walk away with. And then just keep repeating these stages until you run out of time. Once you've run out of time at the generate insight stage, that's it. Pencils down. We move on to the next stage. And the next stage is deciding what to do. So you take a list of all these experiments and you vote on them again. You're like, okay, cool. We've got all these neat experiments. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to give you two dots. Go ahead and vote on them. If you only have one or two experiments, guess what? You've only got one or two experiments. You can decide, are we going to do them both? Or are we only going to do one? You don't necessarily need to vote at that point. But hey, if you've got a bunch of them, thanks, everyone. Now let's vote on which of these experiments to tackle. They're all great, but we can't do all of these things and still get our other work done. So let's vote again. And we'll look at the top two items. Everyone gets two votes and one minute to vote. What questions are there? Pause, let them ask their questions. They're always going to say, can I vote on the same thing twice? Sure, knock yourself out. Can I do this? I don't care. As long as you put your dots on some item on the board, I don't care what you do. Okay, three, two, one, and vote. Now, once you decide on those top two items, you got to make them concrete. What that means is that it can't just be, oh, yeah, we're going to make our code uh, better. Oh, we should do some pair programming. Great. No, make it concrete. Who is going to do what? Okay, we're going to do pairing two hours a day. What's the schedule look like? Is everybody going to pair two hours a day? What happens? Can Should everybody pair with the same person? Should we pair with different people? Does everybody pair at exactly the same time? Figure all of this stuff out. So you know what? Every Monday at two o'clock, we're all going to pair for two hours until four o'clock. Okay, great. That means me and Bob are going to pair and Charlene and Janet are going to pair. And then the next day, we're going to switch. Charlene and I will pair, and Bob and Janet will pair. And then we're just going to keep rotating through like that. Make it concrete. Make it actual. And make them commitments. People should actually commit to these, not make them hypothetical. So, yeah. great. Thank you. Okay, now let's break this down. Who's going to work on this? And how long will you need to do it? And make them actually say times. This isn't a, a place where we're going to just theoretically say, you know what, this is a three or a five or something like that. You need a certain amount of hours to work on this. So decide what to do. This is just like action items coming out of the retro, but I love how you talked about putting this as an experiment. And this is actually one of the most powerful thing about the Scrum framework and the retrospective, bringing you back to the empir empirical process control theory, right? Bringing you back to inspection adaption. When we, are, when we have this action item, um, you want to obviously set the stage that, hey, these are experiments. They might not work. Let's just go with an open mind. Let's experiment these. In simpler words, those are action items, but you want to let everybody know that, hey, we are, we are an empirical 
we're, you're using an empirical process where we're going to do certain things and we're going to see how things work. And we're going to use real data uh, instead of saying, instead of assuming that, oh, this is already going to work. So that's kind of the mindset piece of uh, Agile and Scrum. Um, but simply to wrap up, you're coming up with action, actionable steps on how will you improve. And we're just calling those, them experiments. Exactly. And the, the reason why they're experiments is because you could be wrong. So let's say you do pairing or you come up with some code review process or you come up with some extra testing process and you do them and you think that they're going to actually help you uh, reduce the amount of defects you get or you're going to do more stories. And you find out after two or three sprints, you were wrong. They slowed you down. They got in your way. Well, this was an experiment. And the experiment told us that these didn't slow us down. So you don't keep doing them just because you came up with the idea. You get rid of the experiment. You're like, okay, well, these are wrong. You get rid of them. And then you either try to find another idea to get better or you chase something else. The idea here isn't that we're just going to build up more and more process that gets in the way. We're going to take the stuff that makes us better and keep doing it. And anything that doesn't make us better, we're going to get rid of. Rinse and repeat. Finally, for this one, you're going to repeat this for up to two items topped. You're not going to do more than two items where Very you're going to try and improve. Yeah. Just focus on delivering the stuff and doing these things at the same time. Any more than two, and you're just going to get in the way of what you're actually trying to do, which is deliver value, get products out the door. And then finally, so the last stage, closing the retrospective. First things first, you showed up watching this podcast because, or watching this video because you were freaking out. You're like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to do this retrospective. Ah. Celebrate. You and the team worked really hard to make this happen. Awesome. High fives all around. I know you can't, vir like we're virtual, so you can't real high five. So you just, you know what? There you go. High five. Get it. But make sure that you celebrate. Let these people know that they accomplished something. And then document the experiments. Don't just do all of this work and say, that was really great. And then walk out of this room and let all the experiments fall on the floor. Write them down. Make them obvious. So put them up in the team room. Put them on your team you know, website. Do something to make sure that these are perpetual. And call out how you're going to revisit them. So first off, you can put it to the team and say, so where should we store these so we don't forget about them? And have them answer that. And then figure out how often you're going to revisit them. So it could be every day in the daily stand-up. It could be a couple times a week. It could be, you know, you could schedule a meeting specifically for this. You don't care as long as they get uh, revisited. So so how often should we, um, would we like to keep an eye on these experiments? For example... Should we discuss them in each stand-up? Will someone just send an email saying this is how it's going? Or should we put a meeting on the calendar to share an update every few days? Doesn't matter as long as people actually do it. Finally, just end with one last heartfelt congratulations. Just sincerely, thank you so much for diving into this. You worked hard, and I can't wait to see the amazing things that, you co that come out of our retro. Thank them for actually doing this work. And at that point, you are done, and you have facilitated this retro that you were so panicked about, and now something magnificent has come from it. Yeah, Joe, one, one thing I want to just add here is, uh, so those action items, those two action items that we talked about, right? So they can also go to your next sprint's backlog. Um, mm -hmm. So J Joe covered some great ways on how to track. So that is your responsibility to make sure 
that those items are visible, that people are actually, uh, because they committed, you know, people, that's actually being done. That's also the reason why there's only two, because if you have five, then, you know, things, there's other things going on. Um, so, you know, it kind of gets not, you know, people lose focus, right? But two things people can focus on. The other thing is when we talked about these, we, we talked about these uh, retros, Joe and I are extroverts. We love hugging people. We love people giving high fives to people. We are loud. Sometimes we are a little bit unknowing. Uh, just know that if you, this is, this is like our style. This is how we would do it. If you keep those five steps, you can be an introvert. You don't, you know, you don't have to add all the extra stuff that Joe and I would do. Uh, for example, that celebrate and giving high five, you know, you might, you might, you're probably freaked out by the idea of high-fiving people in the retrospective. However, this is, the, that's how we roll. Like Joe and I, you know, we might, we can't even give hugs, right? Uh, especially in COVID times. Um, but one thing that you want to do is you want to genuinely thank them for like actually opening up and having the conversation and dedicating their time and attention uh, in terms of improving. And it's not easy to kind of look at your, the, the stuff that are not going well and improvement items. So one of the things that I make it a point to do is just genuinely thank them um, and appreciate them for, for their effort. So Joe, thanks for, thanks for covering all these things in, in such a short time. And also like bringing in real, real examples and real scenarios. And uh, this is actually a proven framework. And thanks for breaking this down for everybody. Yeah, no worries. And just like you were saying, make these things your own. Like you were talking about introverts and extroverts. So yeah, there are things that you can customize here. Every stage, those are N activity, one activity out of the millions and millions. So look into other ones. Read some of these books that we were talking about, like Innovation Games and the Retrospectives book. Check out the Retromat website. Uh, go to Tasty Cupcakes. There are all sorts of different places where you can find different activities that'll meet these needs. and Every retrospective can be different and you can keep those teams engaged and happy and getting better because honestly, yeah. we're just trying to get better every day. Yeah. You know, I'll give you an example, like <laughs> that weather checking that I was talking about. I thought that was a super weird idea and it wouldn't work with my team. Uh, so if you, if you have some of these steps that we talked about that you're not sure, try it, try it uh, in a safe environment, see how it goes. And again, you as a scrum master, you are embodying somebody who's a change agent, somebody with that growth mindset who is open to learning. Inform that in your preparation. Inform that on the work that you bring uh, for the team. And retrospective is probably one of the most important meetings that you're going to facilitate. So my last recommendation is, hey, you know, if you're a scrum master, if you're already there, um, and, you know, you might as well just put a little bit of your heart into it, just put a little bit of preparation into it. And if you're going to be challenging teams to improve, challenge yourself a little bit, you know, take help from somebody, you know, walk through this agenda, walk through this before you do it with, with a peer or maybe an agile coach in your organization. Uh, so that would be my, my last tip for you. Thanks everybody for watching. I'd wish you luck with your retro, but you're not going to need it. So just go out there and be amazing. All right, that's a wrap with this episode. 
Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.